This is the Barbecue Central Show Archives. The Barbecue Central Show airs live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and is brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic temperature control devices and a host of other products that make your barbecue and grilling life easier. Visit them online at thebbqguru.com or call them 800-288-GURU. And by Big Papa Smokers, creators of fabulous rubs, online retailer of grills, accessories, apparel, and creators of their own barbecue contest. Visit them online at BigPapaSmokers.com. And by Butcher Barbecue, creators of injections and rubs, sweeping the nation, doing well in competitions and in the backyard. You can visit them at ButcherBBQ.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jewelers, official jeweler of the Barbecue Central Show. Call 440-943-2700 and use key term Barbecue Brother when you talk to Steve. Or visit them online at StephenDeFranco.com. And by Green Mountain Grills, one of the best pellet grills you can get on the market today. Varying sizes, not only for your capacity of cooking, but for your budget as well. Visit Green Mountain mountaingrills.com for more information and by El Diablo Mustard. Looking for a little bit of heat and flavor and regular old yellow mustard? El Diablo has you covered. Six different flavors to choose from currently and you can find them at eldiablomustard.com and by cookingpellets.com Have a pellet-driven cooker? Why not try out some of the best pellets on the market and will not void any of your warranties by the way? Cookingpellets.com is the website and by Cookshack a premier manufacturer of electric and pellet-driven cookers, giving barbecue classes located in Ponca City, Oklahoma. Always running some kind of a special deal. Check them out at cookshack.com. Hi, this is Scott Greenia from Fairfax, Vermont, also known as Scotty DeQ, and you're listening to The Barbecue Central Show. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. Broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. Long been proven. I've been here long enough to say. Uh, We broadcast uh, live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. I'm your program host. I'm your program host, Greg Reffy. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening Fun time, live fire show, and so forth. Uh, if you want to jump in on the show tonight, more than happy to have you. 216-220-0966. You can also email the show, greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Those are your two bits of contact information. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, the BBQ Central Show.com. And here's what's happening on the show tonight, in case you, uh, uh, that's why. Figure out why I keep losing seeing my... Now nah, I got it. 
I got it now. Uh, coming up in about 13 minutes from now. Uh, you know him. You love him because he speaks his mind. He's a pretty good pitmaster. He is a captain of industry in a, a number of different fests when it comes to barbecue and grilling. Proud sponsor of this show also, by the way. Sterling Ball from Big Papa Smokers is in tonight for the first interview segment, possibly the second as well, depending on his time sees fit for this evening. And then we move to the second hour. And I couldn't be more excited. We did pork butt. We did ribs. We did brisket. All in the competition style of things for the round tables, which have, again, risen to cataclysmic fame once again in 2014. And we will be rounding it out with chicken competition roundtable at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time tonight. And that will be the end of the competition roundtables for this year. Took a little while to get there. Started them halfway through the year, uh, finished them a little bit more than halfway through the year, and now we will be locked and loaded and looking forward to substantial barbecue competition roundtables in years to come. So Sterling Ball, next segment, possibly the segment after that, and then the second hour, competition chicken roundtable. Dave Bosco of uh, Butcher Barbecue will be sitting in on that panel. Travis Clark from Clark Crew Barbecue will be sitting in on that panel. And uh, Jeff Vanderijp will be uh, from Smoke Me Silly will be uh, sitting in on that panel as well. So uh, three of the best chicken cooks out there in the country right now will be spilling their proverbial guts on everything that has to do with chicken preparation, all the fun stuff. Stuff that you want to tune into the show and get. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Do me a favor if you're watching the show right now. Maybe you're listening to it on a smart device or internet radio uh, console. Do they still make consoles anymore? A couple different websites to send people to. If you, if you know they like audio, if they're audio people, the main website, probably the best, thebbqcentralshow.com. If you like the video side of things, a couple different ways. If you have internet protocol television, like Roku or Rabbit TV, go to those app stores and search for Outdoor Cooking Channel. If you find it, download it, and then you can watch the stream live right now from 9 to 11 every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. Uh, you can also uh, find all of the replays on Outdoor Cooking Channel through those IP television uh, sites. Or you can just go right to outdoorcookingchannel.com, the Live feed is up there on the website as well. You can view it through pretty much any smart device that you have, regardless of operating system, Android, iPhone, Windows 8, so forth. I think Kevin has optimized it for everything to be shown in any platform, pretty much more or less. Just make sure that all your stuff is updated. We don't want to hear about it after the fact that you couldn't watch it when it was really your fault because you don't keep up with stuff. Uh, if you want to get iTunes subscriptions for the show and the audio, go to iTunes and subscribe to the show. You can also go to my YouTube page, which is youtube.com slash barbecue for you. It's uh, listed right down there in the lower third for people watching in video. As I just mentioned, Outdoor Cooking Channel has all the video replays. And, of course, uh, the clearinghouse for anything related to the show replays. I've started to, to do uh, blog reviews of uh, places that I've been, eaten, taken in candy, perhaps taken in a libation, 
writing reviews on places I've been. So perhaps if you're in that neck of the woods, you may or may not want to try it out. Come to the website. Trying to do some blog posting. You know, more or less for a tax write-off. I'm just kidding, IRS. Just kidding. I, I don't make it. Uh, so, as I say each and every week, there's never any reason that you shouldn't actively be missing anything about the show, whether it's live and the majority of you get it on the podcast. I get it. All right, uh, let's go. Last weekend, I said we were opening up. A Stan Hayes was gracious enough to uh, put up a ticket for raffle for the uh, October 3rd heart, rib, and butt class. This takes place at the American Royal. It was open all week. And I got to be honest, I'm pretty unhappy with the turnout for this. It's Operation Barbecue Relief. It's a great prize. Hell, sometimes you don't even have to win the prize. You just make the donation, which is kind of what the purpose is. But, you know, the, uh, the upshot of the whole thing was you made the $25 donation. And you had a chance at winning a participation in a class that costs $275 to the common folk. So you're going to be saving $250 off of the cover price if you want. And if not, you've made a $25 donation to Operation Barbecue Relief. I mean, never forbid. As promised, I will announce the winner right now. The winner of the Hog with a Heart, the October 3rd class, which is the pork portion. With a $25 donation running away with this raffle, if I may say so, Gregory Hasty will be attending the class. It's just that simple. He made a $25 donation. In lieu, I will make a $25 donation because it went to my PayPal address to Operation Barbecue Relief. And he wins a $275 class. For the poultry donation sum of $25. Good for you, Greg. Smart man. I can tell because of your name. So for all the people that I'll never win. Yeah, well, no shit. You're not in it. If you can't win it if you ain't in it. I believe it was a lotto saying and many years ago for the New York State Lottery. Maybe it was Ohio State Lottery. I forget. It. So uh, Greg Hasty will be attending the Hog with a Heart class October 3rd where he will learn about all things pork he has to get himself there that was also another point but if you you know a lot of people are going to be there could have took part in that class but you didn't you half-assed it you got lazy got complacent thought you could win thought you knew cheese and font but you didn't nice it happens so congratulations to Greg what did I say hold on a second a second. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Robert. That's my bad. Uh, it's Robert Vanderripe from Smoke Me Silly. That's my fault. I'm not going to go into why I thought Jeff, but if you look at the last name, you know Competition Barbecue and so on and so forth. For some reason, I just had a Jeff and a, you know, a Vander and a Jeff and a Vander. You know, you can see where I'm going with that, right? Maybe not. Sorry. Robert, my humble apologies, uh, my friend, uh, and we look forward to having you on at 10 o'clock, uh, pitmaster of Smoke Me Silly, for the chicken roundtable, the competition chicken roundtable. Um, all right, so there is your winner for the Hog with a Heart class. Now, let me also mention this. You know him as a uh, semi-recurring guest on this show. 
If you've always wanted to go to Barbecue University with Stephen Reichlin, Barbecue University 2015 now open for enrollment. It is at the uh, Broadmoor Resort in Colorado Springs, June 3rd through the 6th and June 7th through the 10th. If you want to find out more about that, I suggest you go to barbecuebible.com and uh, sign up for it, for crying out loud, why don't you? Or read about it, or do one better than that. Uh, Join in the uh, chat room from time to time. There's a guy by the name of Rob Bass who has been to that class and taken it. Chat him up. Chat him up. Sterling Ball coming up out of the break. Folks, whether you are tailgating for a college or pro team, September is kickoff season for diehard football fans, and El Diablo Mustard wants to turn your tailgate into a blazing affair. Try adding some El Diablo's fiery habanero, roasted chipotle, flaming jalapeno, or spicy mango into your favorite tailgate recipe, and you'll add a new flavor kick. It's hot and intense. El Diablo features six bold flavors that taste great and are hot as hell. For instance, mango for sweet island heat. Add a kick of Southwest with roasted chipotle. Try steakhouse for a zing Worcestershire and tangy tomato. Make an ordinary dog, hot dog, an instant chili dog with El Diablo's Texas chili and try jalapeno on some hot bacon or a burger for real jalapeno puree and a mustard zinc. Or last but not least, try habanero for a flavor inferno you daring types demand. For all heat, all day. A couple different places you can go and connect with El Diablo. On the Facebooks, on the Twitters, search them El Diablo. You can also get uh, recipe tips. You can get giveaways, old flavors, great tastes. El Diablo is the mustard that bites back. Todd as hell. ElDiabloMustard.com. That's ElDiabloMustard.com. How did I use El Diablo mustard over this past weekend? I use jalapeno on burgers because I think, uh, you know, by far that's my go-to, my mainstay, El Diablo must. But that uh, uh, Chipotle, no, it's not Chipotle. Which one is it? Texas chili. That is really growing to be one of my favorites, especially on the wiener. When they say instant chili dog it's no joke you know what a good chili dog t- i'm not talking like the big thick meat i'm talking about that thin meat uh sauce that goes over the top of the ween just like that texas chili can't beat it so good i defy you to try it and tell me that it is not a flavor benefit defy all right uh, we'll step oh i'm sorry that's el diablo mustard.com el diablo mustard.com do me a favor if you find el diablo mustard in the store Take a picture of it and then email it to me. I'd love to see where you where you're uh, where you're finding it, which ones you're getting, and how you're trying. You tell me. LDiabloMustard.com. Sterling Ball out of the break. Stick around. Be right back. From the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio, you're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. 
Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. We are back. This portion of the Barbecue Central Show brought to you by the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour. 31 cities, half a million in cash to be won, eternal bragging rights. If you win the whole thing, next Sam's event will be September 20th. That's this coming Saturday. Midwest City, Oklahoma will be the place and location. Uh, This is the last regional final that feeds those uh, top 10 teams into the national final in Bentonville, Arkansas on September 27th. So it's almost at hand. Oh, my. Keep up with the tour by visiting kcbs.us slash Sam's Tour. All right, my first guest in this first hour is a captain of industry in the barbecue world. You know uh, him probably because you're using his rubs. Uh, you can also pretty much buy anything barbecue and gr- grilling related as website. Has two great competitions that he has created and a pretty adept pit master to boot. So let's go ahead and race over to the hotline and welcome back pit master, a big Papa Smokers. Sterling Ball joining me here on the show. Sterling, how are you, buddy? I'm fine. How are you doing, Greg? Doing absolutely fantastic, Sterling. Uh, appreciate you taking time for the show tonight. And uh, a couple different places that we can start. And I know uh, you were hoping to broaden my interview skills here this evening, which I certainly appreciate. I love growing internally. And here's the lead question, the one that everybody wants to know. Is, uh, is Miley Cyrus really a talent or is she not really a talent? Your thoughts, Sterling? Well, seriously, she's very talented. She's also really smart. She bought her way out of the Disney deal. If you want to get a great example of whether she can sing, you know, Jimmy Fallon does so many great things with the roots, but they have an acapella version of her um, of her last big hit. That's pretty awesome. Like it's all at that point, it's marketing. But she does, unlike some of them, she does have talent actually. Did you hear the latest rendition of, uh, of uh, oh, it's a Led Zeppelin song, Baby, Baby, Baby? Did you hear her do yeah, that? Yeah, I did. Look, I'm going to tell you something. I don't know about her acting chops or, uh, you know, the marketing. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of weird stuff that's uh, circling around here that, that may or may not be self-driven. But if we're just talking about straight singing chops... I think she's, A, a better singer than her dad, and she is a legitimate singer for real. And you you know the music industry. I mean, she can really sing. Well, that's what I'm saying. But if you really can tell when somebody gets a cappella, look, one of the things that uh, the people out there that don't know about the music business is there's a recording. Uh, what replaced the tape machine is a digital format called Pro Tools. Yep. It's loaded with pitch correct, time correct. You can play... You can barely play, and by the time the engineers are through with you, you sound great. But I'll tell you, when you're singing acapella, that means without instruments, with other people, it's the best way to expose a lack of talent. And most people just won't go there. I will go there, but it's not going to be tonight. That's going to be a different show, and it could, may or may not involve some liquid well, you know where you know where I was supposed to be tonight, because you want to talk about the music business. And I was actually going to do your show from Capitol Studios in um, Hollywood. Really? I'm, I'm working with John Mayer right now, too. John Mayer? Yeah. Oh. Was he going to dedicate your body as a wonderland? No. John's a pretty talented <laughs> guy. And uh, I, w- I worked a few days on the Battle Studies uh, release, and I'm working with him on a project right now. 
but he had to go home for a week. So you get my undivided attention, sort of. Well, I'll take sort of uh, more than hardly. Uh, are you, I mean, are you a, uh, well, we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, you know, I, I know you're uh, always looking at the industry, uh, whether it be competition or just barbecue grilling in general. Uh, there was uh, a, a most recent World Food Championships TV show that was out, and I was just wondering quickly your thoughts on the show. Obviously, the, the event itself is, is freestanding uh, live at, uh, in Las Vegas, but as far as TV shows go, and you've seen them all, you've been in some, uh, how did you think this particular effort went down over the course of the season? I didn't watch it. You didn't at all? No, I watched very little barbecue television. Um, actually, I, here's the problem. I mean, I know some people are scratching their heads going, what are we talking about? Miley Cyrus or John Mayer and everything. But, you know, <laughs> I have a, another life that actually takes a lot more time, and that's the music business. And, um, you know, I start every day at 5 in the morning, and I finish at 9.30. And right now the only show I'm watching is Ray Donovan. So I... You know, I think they're very good for barbecue. I think that people can be very critical of it, but to bring back the guitar, when, when Guitar Hero came out and everybody was all upset, we were in the middle of the game. Because anything that gets the word guitar out there, anything that gets barbecue out there, um, is good. Could it be better? Yeah, but it's really good. Sterling Ball joining me here on the show. Uh, BigPapaSmokers.com, the website, if you uh, want to check out all of his wares and things that he's up to and what he's selling. Uh, certainly a, a clearinghouse for anything that has to do with barbecue and grilling. Uh, Sterling, uh, let's transition real quick to uh, you as a pit master. Uh, you've been doing this for uh, you know, a good handful of years now. And something I think that is worthy of note is win streaks and you kind of uh, classify into win streaks at this point not in a row per se however two wins at a same competition back-to-back years uh, this last one being at uh, Grand Junction this past weekend so uh, I guess a uh, talk a little bit about uh, the repeat and then uh, I guess what what uh, what does Grand Junction find so appealing about the big pop of smokers that you get to take winning twice in uh, as many years well, I now call it the great state of Colorado, okay, because uh, I've, been, I've been very lucky, and I'm sure someday soon the love will wear out. I hope it lasts another week because I'll be in Telluride. Um, it, Grand Junction, first of all, is probably one of my places, favorite places to go. Colorado is one of my favorite places to cook. Uh, the Rocky Mountain Barbecue Association is, I think, a model for other regional organizations that have their judge fairly program where they do continuing education for judges. They're really good cooks and really nice people. And uh, so they're the reason why I like to go there. Now, you know, I didn't think I repeated because we had a little chicken issue. And uh, but I knew that I, I felt very uh, good about my meat. But anybody out there that's competing a lot, you cook good enough to win and good enough to lose. And, you really don't know anymore. You, know, you just, you, you stick to your timeline. You, you know, you, you try and hit your tenderness and, and try and build as good a box as you can with what you've made. And then and that's by the way, why I don't go to awards. So I'm never at awards when they happen. Uh, are you, well, I'm guessing you're not, but uh, some people would find that to be kind of a, a, of a, of a slap in the face. If you will, you, you aren't uh, attending awards. Uh, maybe your name gets called. Uh, uh, 
Um, and it's like you're you're not you're too good for the awards, or you don't find them important enough. Well, like why why not attend well, the awards? Why not? Because uh, in California they're usually like four hours. You have to wait, uh. <laughs> and and I I just don't honestly don't have time. It's very difficult. I mean, I don't trim, I trim when I get there. Look, there's a lot of people in the world busier than me. Okay, but I am I got a lot a lot of stuff going on. When most guys, I'm 59 years old, most guys are slowing down. I'm not slowing down in any facet of my life. But I'll tell you what makes up for it. Yep. What makes up for me not going is that I think I have the most popular guy in the Western United States on my team, and James the Flame Perez. Uh, I think James um, James started just as a driver for me, just to drive the rig out there, and then I meet the rig there, and he's just such a uh, hardworking, uh, good guy that pretty soon I said, hey, you want to try chicken? And uh, so James James and I are a team, a big team, and uh, I actually think people would rather see James on the podium than me. But I, I can't talk about Big Papa Smokers without talking about Jody Clark, and who uh, was cooking with me when we won the Royal. And now to this, James Perez is just, Awesome. If James quit, I would probably quit cooking. Uh, so, do you classify yourself as a uh, as a three man team or a two man team or a one that that, that has Gus from uh, two to three or how? Where are you sitting right now? Well, I'm, I it's, they're my recipes and I'm cooking, but it's a team. And whenever Jody wants to come, he's got two little kids, two little babies. But anytime Jody wants to come, he's welcome. So, and we've got twenty. 20 contests and Jody's made it to one. He will always make it to the Royal. So we'll be a three-man team at the Royal. Let me ask you something about uh, Grand Junction or Colorado in general. Obviously, uh, you uh, typically associate that with uh, altitude. And in regards to a cook, certainly pitmasters need to take into account uh, any number of factors, weather or if they brought enough wood or, or so forth. Uh, but do teams that don't cook in that environment, uh, give it enough forethought uh, to, to see if there's going to be an actual issue with altitude and how that's going to affect their burns? You know, I haven't really, um, you know, I, like I said, I've been exceedingly fortunate in Colorado. So, and I don't change my timeline. I cook the same in Colorado. So, and I don't really worry about wood because I'm cooking on old hickories. Um, and then the chicken on the BPS drum, so that's charcoal, and we fell up with some wood chunks. Do you hear any altitude talk in camp, or no? Well, in barbecue, you hear every talk possible. It's uh, and that's why I just did the SUAC shirt, the the shut up and cook shirt, because one of the things all this data we've been given. Um, is, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to hear that somebody won their cables or didn't anymore. It's just, you know, you cook and it's what it is. And especially because you get to throw away all your bad cooks and only keep 11. Like, I have a lot of sympathy for somebody who cooks 11, 12, 13, 14 contests that has a really bad result on a table. I don't have any sympathy for somebody who's cooking 30 times and has a couple of weeks where they don't hit the right table. Because really, overjudging is, is as significant of a problem. You know, to give you a little, some statistics, um, right now in 2012, there are 86 180s in the country. 
There were 130 last year. There's 159 so far this year. Okay, um, 700 scored. There were 30 in 2012, 102 2013, and 80 so far this year. So the scoring is going up, and I don't believe that it's just the judges are getting more level, whereas I do believe that. I think the cooks are getting better, too. All right. Not sure what just happened. We are lost. Adrift at sea. All right. Um, uh, apologies to uh, Sterling Ball. Dropped him off mid-sentence. I knew something was going awry. That's why the, like, the last question sounded horrifically put together. Because my video where I can see me, I started doing like the stutter step. And then everything just went, and we were off. All right. But we're back. Now we're back. Never fear. All right, folks, uh, let me talk to you about Cook Shack. Need an idea for fishing or hunting for the enthusiast? But a Cook Shack electric smoker. Now until September 26, you can save up to 120 bucks with our Sport 14 Special. Purchase a residential smoker, receive a free set of jerky rods, and a cold smoke baffle. The smoker models included with the special are the SM009-2, the SM025, the SM045, and the SM066. The jerky rods, part number, are PM006 and PM010. The cold smoke baffle, part number, PA020 and PA024. Enter promo code SPORT14 when you check out online at cookshack.com or call and speak to one of their friendly folks at Cookshack. Call them toll-free, 800-423-0698. That's uh, 800-423-0698. This offer is not valid with any other discount or promotion. Smokehead SM009-2, the Smokehead Elite, the Super Smoke Elite, and the Americue are the electric smokers that make it easy to add real wood smoke to your foods. They're inexpensive to operate and energy efficient. Oh, hap. Oh, I did start. All right, never mind. If you love smoking jerky, you will love how easy the stainless steel jerky rods are to use. Hang jerky strips right from the rods that fit the smokers' side racks, prepared smoked cheese, lock-style salmon, steaks to finish on the grill, and more when you use the stainless steel cold smoke baffle. It turns the smoker into a cold smoking machine. For instructional videos and how to operate this unit, the jerky rods, or the cold smoke baffle, check out Cook Shack YouTube channel or the cooking guide on Cook Shack website. Again, that's cookshack.com. Don't delay. Order today so you can get smoking Cook Shack. The smoke and make simple. Again, the contact info, cookshack.com, the website, 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. If you know somebody that's listening to the show that uh, was knocked out of it for whatever reason, just tell them to hit reload. We're ready to go. Joe's back on. Uh... Oh, the clock is just way off now. 
Sterling, I love you, uh, but I'm not going to have enough time to get you back on and do all the other stuff. I'll be in touch. You have better things to do. Um, uh, we'll look at maybe a short segment next week around 9.35 after Reggie Kelly, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, NFL. Reggie Kelly, former Bengal and Falcon, I think. Started with the Bengals, went to the Falcons, went back to the Bengals again. Stick around. We'll be right back. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Once again, apologies to uh, Sterling Ball. Hey, Greg, uh, here's uh, F- uh, Phil White. Long time Central Light, Phil White. Hey, Greg, what's up with the sweatshirt hoodie? Is it that cold up yonder? Yes, it's that cold up yonder. I think if I'm uh, lucky enough to say that it crested in the height of temperature today to 62 degrees... That would be a stretch. Uh-oh. Patrick Paquette weighing in. If it works out that we are driving through Cleveland on our way to Arkansas next Tuesday evening, should we crash the Rempy Studio Land, get us some karma? Uh, Patrick, the simple answer is yes. <laughs> See this seat? This seat awaits you, Patrick. <laughs> How the hell is my camera all jacked up? Hold on a sec the hell there we go there we go that seat low microphone and awesome backdrop await you patrick uh they await you patrick for good karma yeah uh, how do you like them apples you don't come to the studio patrick you're not gonna have karma then you're going to get your ass whooped down in Bentonville. That's my uh, New England accent, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. We can go split screen, too, next week if you're in. It would be unwise to... Here's the thing. I know where Patrick's coming from. He's coming from up north. He's going to have to come down 90 one way or the other to get down to Arkansas unless he's going to go just, you know... No, you still got to come this way, I think. I think you still got to come through. Ohio is still the fastest route, I believe. And I am literally off the high. I can't tell you how many times that diva cue has passed my exit with her middle finger in the air. Ten times, Danielle, ten times, 15 times, five times a year minimum. She has no time for me. Not coming in to stop by, get a text message. What? Going by your exit, having a little wave. Uh-oh. Patrick, it would be unwise to know how close I am when you pass through my particular region of the uh, Cleves to not stop in for a couple hours or an hour at least. Or stop off right at the top of the show. You can sit in with Reggie Kelly. <laughs> Reggie Kelly not sitting in live on the show, by the way. We'll be calling in. 
Uh, so, yeah. I would, uh, you know me, I love to have guest studio people up in this piece. We had a run of uh, of uh, uh, Big Desmond, Big Desmond, Desi, as I like to call him. Uh, we've had runs of uh, Corey, Officer Corey, who is uh, now in in, uh, in schools, keeping track of the Utes. Yeah, man, do what Don says. Not taking the bounder. Pick up towing the trailer. Wow. Yeah, don't forget your. Hey, Patrick, don't forget your wife. <laughs> Sterling, if you're listening, uh, I'm going to email you after the after the show tonight. And we'll uh, set you back up. I thought we were going to have to re- uh, move, uh, remove. I thought we were going to have to move the chicken roundtable to next week, too. But it seems that that will pan out this evening. Although, nights, uh, the night's young, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com are the uh, two ways to get in touch with me should you see fit. Let me look through a uh, meat hangover. Observations. From the Texas Monthly Barbecue Festival. The Texas Monthly Barbecue Festival hosted a sold-out celebration of all things smoky meats for its fourth consecutive year on a Sunday, drawing the magazine's current list of the top 50 barbecue joints, as well as many highly rated newcomers. The festival is a feast of meat, meat, and more meat. Well... This relatively cool weather and 25 strong gathering of Texas best pit makers, sorry, masters made for a perfect Sunday meat coma. Might be able to make it or just strangely voyeuristic vegetarian. Read on for all the hangovers observed. So you have really uh, the the best of the best. There's Aaron Franklin. Uh, Snows is in there. Pecan Lodge sold out. Of meat first around an hour after the festival opened to the public. Many of the popular barbecue outlets like La Barbecue and Snows were sold out as well. Franklin Barbecue uh, brought nearly as much meat as they usually do for regular business. They were still serving it for somebody falling off. Newcomer Killen's Barbecue went big. They brought a whole refrigerated truck. Filled with what Ronner Killen estimated was 3,000 pounds of meat and two pits. Wow. Of course, uh, my main man, Texas Monthly editor Daniel Vaughn, Texas Texas Monthly Barbecue, has his branding iron. That's got to be some kind. I mean, can you imagine? How do I get to go to this festival? Daniel, I get you on this show. You can't hook a brother up. I mean, what's going on? Uh I want to go to meat coma. I want to have a meat coma. Anybody in Texas go to meat hangover? Hey, here's news. This guy's been on the show a couple times. Has a line of uh, successful rubs. Plowboys Barbecue signs lease for town pavilion location. November opening date. Boom, Todd Young, bring it strong. 
Todd Johns, the competitive barbecue pitmaster and the owner of the one-year-old Plowboys Barbecue Restaurant in Blue Springs, Missouri, will open a second location in downtown Kansas City later this year in Town Pavilion. That's uh, Quad One's main. Our focus there, John says, will be lunch business. Town Pavilion has 2,300 people each weekday. That's like a small town. The space will be an opportunity to cater to the lunch crowd, create box lunches, and cater business lunches. We don't expect much business after two. But we're going to stay open until 5.30, at least at first, to see if downtown workers might like to pick up something for dinner on the way home. If it's one thing I know, if it's worth picking up and taking home, it would be worth staying open. It's a good business decision right there. Leaving the options open. Uh, Because Johns won't be able to have a smoker on the property, he'll be importing his meat selection from his Blue Spring store every day. And even then, meats that require long smoking times like ribs and burn-ends will be offered as special two days a week. So can't get ribs all day. No. Get that big stuff out of here. I should have Todd on to talk about how he's going to set that one up. Obviously, there's going to be hold involved. Pre-cooking of meats, proper holding, and having a succulent end product that isn't going to uh, potentially tarnish anything that the big store has. Don't want that. Heaven forbid. There's business to be had in the neighborhood, John says, and with so many workers down there, the dining traffic should be very good during the winter months, which is when I'm less busy at my Blue Springs location. The downtown Plowboys will feature 54 seats and a Chipotle-style cafeteria line for customers to choose the ingredients on their sandwiches or wraps. Yes, there will be barbecue wraps. I'm working on one now with barbecue chicken and avocado. Let me just tell you something. Anything with bar, uh, with avocado, winner! <laughs> Maybe I've told you on any number of occasions that the best thing that my wife ever invented in recent memory, is uh, avocado butter that is a topper on steaks. Oh, my God. I swear I could spoon it on white bread and just eat it, even over whole grain or everything bagel. This avocado butter, or avocado butter, is sublime. Sublime. So good. Don't worry, Sterling. I know you're just warming up. Let's save it for next week. It's just bad timing. This is what happens when you have the live show. You do a podcast or whatever. Ooh, damn it. I meant to mention. I had Scott Roberts on last week. We were doing the barbecue and sauce rub review. Was that last week? And I was a guest on the Firecast final. Yes. That will be hitting the airwaves. Doing air quotes for the audio people. That will be hitting the airwaves this week, I believe. I'm going to ask Scott if there's some way I might be able to actually post his feed on my feed so it shows up in the Barbecue Central thing. But, you know, rare is the time where you get to hear me have the tables turned and me get interviewed, hear history about the show, about how I got into barbecue, what I think about other platforms to do live shows, other barbecue podcasts, stuff like that. We talked about it all. I don't know. I'll be interested to hear how it gets edited out or down, or maybe it doesn't. Maybe it was just solid gold for as long as I was on there. Who knows? Very very well could be. 
All right, uh, quickly, the Guru automatic temperature control devices, thebbqguru.com, 800-288-GURU. A complete line of those. Check them out. We can do it together. Barbecue Guru, Warminster, Pennsylvania. You know who they are. Longest running spots for the show. TheBBQGuru.com or 800-288-GURU. Ask questions. They will help you. And we reload for the competition chicken roundtable right now. from Cleveland, Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host, Willie Nash. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish, what? We ate since before wiener. Oh listen, Laverne, it's shake face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> We have top men working right now. Who's top men? All right, just like that, we're in the second hour. However trepidatious we are, somehow we've made it. Uh, it's a Barbecue Central show. We talk about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. But more important than that, we've done the ribs, the brisket, pork shoulder round tables. Now, let's finish up. And do chicken right. Joining me tonight, some of the top chicken cooks in the country. Dave Bosco from Butcher Barbecue, Travis Clark from Clark Crew Barbecue, and Robert Vanderripe from Smoke Me Silly join me on the poultry dais to cover this poultry subject. That's right, I said. You were waiting for it. Don't even lie. Uh, first question as we get to tonight, uh, boys, and appreciate everybody joining me. Uh, what is everybody cooking on? And uh, we will start with Robert. Uh, we cooked on a 18 and a half inch uh, Weber Smoky Mountain. Uh, we cooked on that for about three years since we started three years ago. All right, so that's interesting. Uh, you always hear about the people that. Well, I think everybody's at least got one hanging around, or that's what they started on. Uh, you've been doing it for three years. Have you? given any thought into moving up to something else or uh, you like the the tried and true Weber Smoky Mountain that's what you're going to be sticking with from now on? You know we've been doing so good with chicken lately <laughs> I'm not quite brave enough to switch up to anything else right now. All right let me ask this question Robert and uh, I apologize for maybe not asking the right question. Do you use the Smoky Mountain strictly for the chicken or is that the main cooker regardless? Uh, the 18 half inch is the only thing I use and I, for chicken. All right. So you use it. You have a different cooker for other stuff. I do. Okay. What uh, What are you cooking on uh, other stuff? Actually, I have two uh, 22-inch WSMs, and I have a, a Yoder pellet cooker. Perfect. All right. Uh, Dave Bosco, what are you cooking on? Cook on the FEC 100s and uh, PG 500 from Cook Shack. PG. All right. Cook Shack. We love Cook Shack here. 
And uh, last but not least, uh, Travis Clark from the Clark Crew Barbecue Team. We cook on a jambo. Always one of you guys in the crowd. Uh, Travis, I'm interested. Um, what did you start with? Did you start Jambo or did you work up to Jambo? Um, I, I did three comps on a on a pit that I built and uh, made a deal with my wife. I wanted a Jambo, and she said if we uh, won a grand championship, we could have one, and we got one. But did you That's get it? I'm... Did you get it like right after you made that bet? Yeah. Yes. You're like, yeah, honey. Whip out 15 G's. <laughs> it's not quite that nice. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, still, they're uh, they're uh, tremendous. Uh, Dave, let me go back to you just for a second. Um, had you ever cooked on anything other than the pellet cookers, um, or is that something that uh, you've always been party to? Not in competition. I've got other smokers around the house, but in competition, it's just been pellet cookers. All right. Um Dave, let me stick with you for this one, and I guess before we uh, get into the, uh, the the meat of uh, the conversation, are you using any kind of a uh, – um, uh, well, you're using the, the pellet cooker, so you don't use any other uh, auxiliary uh, control device or anything, just the, the regular IQ stuff that's on the, the cooker itself, Dave? Correct. All right. Uh, Travis, are you using any type of a, a pit minder or guru or stoker or anything like that? No, not at all. And uh, Robert, any type of a automatic pit temperature control device? Oh, definitely. I use a barbecue guru. I got something for that. Barbecue guru. All right. Uh, is that something that you had started out with, or did you grow into a guru? Actually, that's what we started out with. Oh, all right. Cool. Um, Robert, let me stick with you for this one. Um just in, in an overall sense, uh, you know, Dave cooks on pellet cookers. Um, you're cooking on Weber Smoky Mountains. There's obviously stick burners out there as well. As a whole, would you have any complaint or aversion to seeing uh, propane cookers and uh, electric cookers, like straight electric, um, be allowed into barbecue competitions at this point? Uh, I've never really thought about it, but... To tell you the truth, I don't think it would bother me. I mean, it's not just the cooker. you got to know how to cook as well. Uh, Dave, would you be open to, to having any and all cookers into barbecue competitions at this point, or uh, do you like the way it is right now? I've got two electric Southern Prides here at the house also, and I'm going to tell you, I'd say welcome them all because I know what they cook like, and the wood-fired items just cook that much better. So I don't think that they would make a dent in the winter circle. Uh, Travis, uh, do you have any problem opening up to any and all cookers in competition barbecue, or would you like to uh, keep it pat where it sits? No, it, it don't bother me. They can cook on what they want. Uh, are you uh, in agreement uh, with Travis and Dave as far as uh, you know the the ones that are wood burning uh, providing a better product overall versus just a, a gas or an electric? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think if a guy can put out the same product on gas that 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 I can on on mine, I mean, power to him. I mean, it's I don't know. I used to think it, you know. When I first started, I thought everything was cheating. I thought pellets was a cheating way of doing it. Then once you really get into it, you find out that that's pretty naive. I'll get a cook those guys really have to be. So, you know, I think it don't matter to me what they have. 
Travis, how long have you been uh, competing on the circuit? This is my second year. Uh, what's what's uh, sparked you to get into it? Just seeing how much fun everybody else was having, or uh, were you? Yeah, uh, we, yeah, yeah, we uh, walked through the American Oil, and uh, in, in 2010, we walked through there, and I thought that uh, I, I really needed to get into. It. I guess it was 2011. I decided I really needed to get into it. So 2012, we. Uh, started a team by the time I left the Royal I was going to take a cooking class and I needed a jambo because all I knew about them then was they looked cool and uh, we got into it it's been pretty fun uh, Robert you said you've been in it for three years now yeah we we started in uh, the fall of 2011 I got invited to a local contest in the spring of 2011 and uh, I, we've been hooked since uh, Dave, you have a few more years on these guys, but uh, for the folks that don't know how uh, you got in the competition barbecue scene, uh, what was your uh, lead into the circuit? Surgery. Because that's what everybody does, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> I shot competitive archery for many, many, many years, and I threw my back out and had to have surgery, and the competitive juices were still flowing, and we ran into a contest uh Read about it in the paper, and we went to it and walked around and fell in love with just right then. So we just got started. All right, um, guys, we're going to be uh, reloading here just after this break for all of uh, the pre-cooked stuff. So uh, just relax uh, for two minutes or so, and uh, let me do this bit of housekeeping, and uh, we'll be right back with you. Uh, Travis Clark, Dave Bosca, and Robert Vanderreif joining me here on the show. Travis Clark. Sorry, Clark Crew Barbecue Team, or Butcher Barbecue, and Smoke Me Silly, respectively. Uh, folks, oddly enough, let me talk to you quickly about Butcher's Barbecue. Well placed, I might add. Completely random, I swear to God. Uh, if you are like me, you're looking to step up your barbecue, your grilling game. I mean, I'm a backyard guy. Uh, but you can do it on the competition scene as well. No easier way than by doing it with the Butcher Barbecue products. First and foremost, head on over to the website, butcherbbq.com, and peruse all of the products portfolio that he has going on over there. The rubs, the injections. I mean, we all know Dave, uh, well-known for the injections, the pork, the beef, uh, that prime injection, which has combined all things loved from their beef injection using its award-winning flavor enhancer and its ability to keep your brisket juicy. Uh, Combined it with what has become the competition standard in beef flavor, available for sale at butcherbbq.com. Of course product taking over the nation on a topic that we are talking about tonight bird boost right probably be talking about that here in a little bit uh, do you want to have a good moisture retention or do you want to have great moisture retention that's the difference between brining or using bird boost check it out for yourself if you want the go-to rubs the go-to sauces no better place than to look at right here in butcher barbecue they have steak and brisket rub you have my favorite rub on earth honey rub uh, that has gotten a considerable amount of attention uh, across the Internet, across outlet stores, across televisions. And if you uh, use butchers to inject it, try the premium rub, specially formulated to work with the injection. Perfect one-two punch to impress judges and friends alike. Last but not least, of course, that butcher's barbecue sweet barbecue sauce. Look, when it comes to sauce, I'm as picky as it gets. Make no bones about it. Dave Sauce wins in every category for me. Nice slice of tang, right amount of back-end heat. Uh, no liquid smoke. I like that. That's my personal preference. So it just so happens that my favorite commercially made sauce has no liquid smoke in it. Uh, no worries about breaking the bank on shipping either. Go to ButcherBBQ.com and stock up right now. 
In regards to the sauce, I mean, it's going to please everybody. So get at least six. You'll be thanking me later. It's going to go fast. I live in a house full of women. They like it. That's telling you something right there. I'm uh, enough man in this house for this house. Three other, well, four other women. And they love Dave's sauce as well. ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. We are back with the pre-cook events for the competition chicken roundtable. Stick around. Be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back to the Competition Chicken Roundtable. Travis Clark, Dave Bosca, and Robert Vanderripe all joining me, talking about everything chicken. Appreciate you hanging with me through the break there, guys. Uh, Robert, let me uh, go right to you here for the first question. We're going to be uh, talking about chicken prep here. Uh, you know, when I started doing the chicken roundtable, I never thought I would get to this part of uh, question taking when it came to chicken because it was always just go to Sam's or just go to a local grocery store and you buy 10 or 15 or 20 or whatever. But it seems much like some of the other categories, uh, the, the, the Duroc stuff for pork, the Wagyu for the briskets. Chicken seems to be becoming more and more specialized. So, uh, Robert, are you uh, using a specific purveyor or kind of chicken? And uh, if so, who are you using and, and what kind of a cut are you using? Uh, right now we cook thighs, uh, and we buy those actually from a local grocery store here. Uh, we used to cook with Smart Chicken and uh, a couple of other well-known brands, but it wasn't working for us. So I started cooking a local brand, and... That's when we started to do a lot better with chicken. Robert, did you ever use anything other than thighs? I mean, obviously that's the uh, predominant part of the chicken that's used in KCBS competitions, but have you ever messed around with any of the other parts? No, no, I haven't. Ever thought about it? Yes, oh, definitely. Okay. This is something we may mess around with this winter. Uh, Dave Bosca, are you using a, a specific purveyor of chicken? If so, uh, who are you using, and uh, are you using thighs only? Um, at this present time, we're using thighs only. For about a year and a half, I did turn in breast with the thighs. Um, did a big study on it, watched the scores. We had just as many top five calls as we did with or without it. But I had half a dozen more top first and second places with just thighs. So I felt like the white meat was just holding it out just a little bit. So we did away with that in the box. As far as the brand, yes. We used to use Pilgrim's Pride um, religiously. I got to where we just can't find any good Pilgrim's Pride chicken thighs, so I switched over to a brand that's in Oklahoma City, a grocery store. It's called Sanderson Farms. Is it just, like, local to you? I mean, it's not any specialty place you're going on the Internet to find it, just where you're at? No, no, it's not a specialty place. Actually, they're out of the southern part of the United States, Uh they just they're in the distributor up this way, and so that's what they use. That's what they carry, and that's what we use. Uh, Travis, uh, what are you using for cut of chicken, and are you using any type of specialty purveyor or seller of chicken? I uh, I like to stick with Smart Chicken, and that's uh, what my grocery store has local, and I, I cook just straight thighs. Uh, have you ever messed around with any other uh, part of the chicken to turn in? 
I have at home, and, uh, you know, I don't know, it, it, it tastes good. You know, I thought I had some breast really good, but I, I took it and set it on a plate and waited 15 minutes and tried it again, and it wasn't near as good, so I've just never never had the guts to turn it in, I guess. And uh, for the folks that might be going, what is Smart Chicken? Because uh, Robert mentioned it as well. Uh, is it just a, a well-known brand, or is there anything special about Smart Chicken that people would want to uh, take into account if thinking about using it? I don't think so. I mean, it, it says on my package that it's never frozen, but the grocery store I get it from, it's froze. You know, when they get it in, they freeze it right away. Um, you know, I don't know. Most A lot of places, I think, get it fresh, and it says it's air chilled, never frozen. But like, like I said, for me, it comes frozen. All right, Travis, let me stay with you uh, for this one. We'll work our way back down. Uh, when you're looking at the you buy the, the package chicken, and so when you're looking at it, and maybe it's a two-part question. I guess when you're looking at through the packaging, and then uh, once you actually get it out of the package, uh, things that you are looking to uh, to take into account. What are you looking for in the pieces that you're going to use versus the ones you might discard? I mean, the, for the first thing I'm looking at, I look at the skin. I want a good white skin. I don't like I don't like to see blood spots in it or what I call pin feathers. I don't want to see any of that in my skin because I don't I don't really scrape my skin, so I don't want to I don't want to see any of that. I want a good white skin on my chicken. And I like to have the biggest thighs I can find, which after this year, I didn't think I would do near this many comps as we've done. I usually bought a head and got a lot bigger. Now I'm struggling to find bigger thighs this late in the year. Uh, Dave, uh, when you're looking at the chicken, what uh, what pieces make the cut for you and which ones get kicked off to the side? Things that you're really looking for. Um, number one pick for me is the size. Uh, I don't worry too much about the color of the skin myself because Sanderson's pretty well equal with what they have. It's all the same. Uh, I do try to keep from finding any blemishes that you can see on the skin and the pin feathers, like he was talking about, um, they're in there. Sometimes you just got to pop them out like a zip, but they do come out. And uh, Robert, one with you, uh, when you're looking at it in the store, uh, what are you looking for? And then once you get it unpackaged, uh, pieces that make the cut versus ones that get kicked off to the side. Yeah, I think for me, the number one thing is size. I, I try to buy four packs, and they have to be at least two pounds, the four packs itself. Uh, and I also look, I don't want a bunch of fat on the skin, just just enough to, to make it a good piece of chicken. I could, That way you could see the meat just a little bit through the skin. Robert, do you do any uh, chicken prep uh, prior to getting to the competition, or is that all done on site? Yeah, I do. I trim my chicken all usually on Wednesday before the contest. Uh, Dave, are, do you uh, do you pre pre prep before you get to the competition scene? Yes, I do. I I buy my chicken on Sundays. I trim it on Wednesday, and I revacuum pack it and have it ready for the contest. Travis, same thing with you. Yeah, I like to I like to try to trim it on Wednesday, and you know, and have it ready for the comp. But this week will uh, probably be the first time we're going to be trimming it at a contest. Uh, Dave, let me ask you a question: If you're doing this all at home, uh, what is the inspection taking into account when you uh, when you show up at a contest? What are they looking for to to disqualify it or or to allow it? Mostly they just check to make sure it's cold and that it's uh, still a fresh product as far as uh, unseasoned, unmarinated. But 
but that's that's pretty well what all the inspectors are looking at, and to make sure that it is uh, the protein that you say it is. Um, you're not trying to slide something else in there. Uh, Robert, let me go back to you here for this question. How many chicken thighs are you cooking during a competition? I cook 18. Uh, David, how many are you cooking for a competition? 10. Yeah. Travis? 18. Uh Travis, let me uh, ask you what we'll go back uh, down the line here. Uh, you're doing 18 now. Is that a number that you have uh, found that works best for you over time? Has it always been 18? How does that, uh, or has that number fluctuated at some point? Um, I always do 18 because I put, uh, I cook in half pans and I put nine in each pan. You know, it just, that's what fits. I go three wide, three deep in, in two different half pans. Are you, are you, uh, are you turning in six? Yes. Uh, Dave, um, you're cooking 10. Has that number fluctuated over time and, and 10 is best for the program now, or is that the one you've always done? No, I used to cook 12, but I used to trim them down a lot more. I used to put nine in a box, and I don't anymore. Um, I go with a real big chicken pie now, and with the change of that, only 10 will fit in what I'm cooking. Uh, Robert, um same number uh, that you've started out with before? Or is that a, a one that you've grown into? No, that's the same we've cooked. Uh, we also cook in two half pans and nine in each pan. All right, uh, Robert, let me ask you this. In regards to trimming uh, and, and knife work during the prep, uh, what are you doing to that thigh uh, before you uh, start to look to do other things? You know what? I do very little. Uh, what I usually do is I put it skin side down. I might chop off one of the one of the knuckles and I square it off and that's it. It's done. You ever, uh, you ever debone completely? I did when we first started, I used to take out the bone and take off the little muscle in the back and devein it and all that stuff. But I don't do that, any of that anymore. Uh, Dave knife work skills, uh, as you're prepping. Yeah, I'll, I'll square it up with a drumstick connects to it. Then I'll pull off that frog muscle on the opposite end and if I can see the blood vein in there, I'll pull that out, but I don't go digging for it. But there's another uh, tendon that's in the muscle itself that's on the – if you're looking at a chicken thigh, there's one side of the thigh that has, oh, probably about three-quarters inch of meat. And then on the other side of the thigh, it's, it's about an inch and a half to two inches wide. In the middle of that bigger chunk of meat – there's another connective tissue. I'm sorry, it's an actual tendon. I'll reach in and I'll pull that out just to, to get rid of it. Um, trimming, yeah, I square them up and I get them ready and just try to keep them as cold as possible while we're trimming. Did you ever uh, take the, the bone out completely? No. Uh-uh. Never. Okay. Nope. Uh, Travis, uh, knife skills on those pieces of chicken. What are you doing? I, uh, I usually take that same knuckle end off and then uh, square it up, and if uh, if that what I call a nuggets hanging there kind of flat, I'll go ahead and take it off if it looks like it's going to be in the way. And if I see the blood vein, I'll take it out. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go hacking in there to get it. Um, but other than that, just trying to square them up, get them all the same size. Uh, did you ever take the the bone out at all and uh, make them bone less? I, I tried it at the house, never at a comp, and. Uh, I don't know. It kind of turned out being funny looking chicken. It kind of twisted on me in the pan. It just didn't 
didn't really hold its shape. Uh, Travis, let's stay with you here for this uh, question. We'll work back down. Um, brining or injecting chicken? Uh, I mean, I thought injecting a couple, two, three years ago sounded foolish, but uh, quickly that's becoming in vogue. But are, are you doing uh, either or or something completely different? You know, I tried to, I tried injecting uh, when when David's product come out, and I did, I didn't uh, I didn't like what it did for the way I cooked my chicken, so now I use uh, I use David's injection and uh, Cosmos injection or uh, sorry brine mixed together, and I brine with them. You know, but I brine for two hours with it. Two hours, all right, um, Dave, uh, brining or injecting? Yes, and yes. Brining and injecting? <laughs> what I do is I use my rotisserie-flavored bird booster. We inject it on Friday night, and then whatever's left over, I just pour it over the top of that in a Ziploc and then put it down the ice chest till the next morning. All right, so uh, quite a long sleep for that. Uh, and, Robert, uh, brining or injecting chicken thighs or uh, perhaps like Dave, both? Actually, we don't do either. Nothing? We, we do nothing. Really? Have you ever, I guess, is uh, now a good question. You know, last year uh, we did uh, brine it, and uh, I don't know, it just it seemed to hang on a lot more to the moisture, and we had trouble getting some, some bite through skin, and I wound up having to scrape the skin in order to be able to do that, and I just hate scraping the skin, so we stopped doing that after three or four contests. All right. Um, this is always such a potentially tricky question. Um, Dave, let me start with you. Uh, do, you are, do you use toothpicks at all to keep the skin on? I used to use toothpicks till last year. I got DQ'd because I had a toothpick break in the middle. Oh. Pulled it out on both ends and left the piece right in the middle. Uh-oh. Now I've got some, yeah. Now I've got some real fine metal skewers that are used for turkey lacing. And I use a metal... Um, picking it now. Uh, Travis, are you using uh, toothpicks or anything to kind of secure the skin down? No, no, I don't. Ever? Well, I once again, I played around with it at the house and it was kind of a pain, especially where I cook by myself a lot. So I now, you know, where I put nine in a pan, the, pretty much my chicken holds itself together, you know, when they're crammed in there. If I got the right size chicken, they hold tight enough to hold their shape. And uh, Robert, you using any uh, toothpicks or anything to, to keep that chicken skin in place? No, we don't use any toothpicks. Like you said, uh, we put put the nine in the pan. They seem to hold the the skin together pretty good. Doing it that way. Travis, uh, what kind of rub are you using on your chicken? Something that you might make in the homestead, or something that is uh, commercially available? If it's uh, commercially available, uh, maybe you wouldn't mind sharing what you like. Um, my main rub on my chickens uh, zero to hero. Hero to hero. All right. And um, Dave, uh, anything uh, commercially made or homemade that you're using on your chicken? Yes, we use a product from Butcher Barbecue. Um, we use our honey rub. I know that rub very well. I like it. And uh, Robert, uh, rub that you're using on your chicken? We actually use a combination of three rubs, and I will say that one of those is David's products. Do you not want to say the other two? No, I'd rather not. No? No. Damn I will say it. we use the honey rub. That's, that's about <laughs> it.
<laughs> All right, uh, Robert, let me stay with you for this one. Now, how far in advance are you rubbing the chicken prior to going into the cooker? Uh, we don't put rub on until an hour before it goes on the cooker. Hour, hour before, you said? Hour before. Okay. Uh, Dave, uh, how far in advance are you rubbing the chicken prior to uh, going onto the cooker? Same thing. All right, hour before. Uh, Travis, are you deviating? No, it might be about an hour and a half, you know, pretty pretty close to about an hour and a half. All right. Uh, let me just ask for fun uh, and, and growth. Is that a, a time that uh, you've learned that's the best that works? Had you done it hours and hours in advance? Had you done it like 10 minutes before and threw them on? Or uh, how has that process changed since you had started? Uh, when I first started last year, I was doing it the night before. And uh, I, I, I just didn't care for that, I guess. And uh, so I started doing it at five o'clock in the morning and then it just uh didn't really work for me doing that then so you know i, I wanted i'd learned that i'd rather have my sleep so it uh kind of came into now i i brine mine at 5 a.m when i get up and throw more wood on the pit i get back up you know at seven o'clock when i wrap my big meats i take the chicken out and, and i season the backside wait 30 minutes season the top side get them in the pan and you know they usually sit there for approximately about an hour and a half uh, Robert, had you uh, done longer or shorter uh, rub times prior to going to the pit before? No, I think we've done this, the same amount of time an hour before. Uh, what about you, Dave? Uh, rub a long time in advance before, or this always been about a, an hour for you? No, I used to smoke my chicken on Friday night, and then I would I quit doing that, and I used then I'd start rubbing it and let it sit overnight and. As time went on, I just didn't see any large appeal to that for myself. So, yeah, I just started doing it the next morning. All right, Dave, anything else uh, prep-wise that you're doing to the chicken that we have not discussed at this point? It's not that I can think of. Um, no, nothing particular. Huh? All right, uh, Robert, anything else that you do uh, in the prep form before uh, we get into the cooking section? No, that's about it. Right. Uh, we'll end with you here. Anything else that you're doing in the prep before you get ready for the cooker? Um, the only other thing I would do other than that, once it's in a pan, is cut my butter up to go in there with it. Butter cutting. We'll get into that here, I'm sure. All right, uh, guys, uh, sit back for uh, another quick break. We'll get into the actual cooking of the chicken. Travis Clark, Dave Bosca, and Robert Van Der joining me here on the show. Uh, Folks, public service announcement. Pay attention. Barbecue Brothers and Sisters from one of our own show sponsors, Stephen DeFranco of Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. That's right. Self-admitted barbecue junkie. I'm not even kidding. I was just talking to Stephen the other day. He's like, man, we have a lot of great holidays that are going to be coming up. I'm sure people have birthdays. Of course, those are always happening. But you have uh, Halloween coming up. You have Thanksgiving, Christmas. Oh, Christmas. Forget it. Don't be left in the dark. Start early. Start often. Stephen DeFranco going to help you out. StephenDeFranco.com. Uh, I like to suggest the watches, especially for men. Men, you know, we don't, well, most of us don't go around wearing gobs of jewelry and all this stuff. A watch adds a little class, uh, tightens up an outfit that maybe you're wearing or uh, something that perhaps you want to wear now. Hand down through generations you want to get a, a good timepiece, like a bowl of a watch why spend a ton of money if you don't have to bowl of a watch is stylish affordable starting under 200 bucks 
come in traditional court styles, retro styles, and automatic versions. They also have those chronographs and skeletons. They fill out the bowl of a timeline. Then you have the Precisionist. I got one of those. Most accurate watch in the world. They have the Accutron, which is the high-end watch. I have one of those as well that I bought from Steven DeFranco. You don't have to worry about breaking the bank. They start around 600 bucks. Accutron gives you that high-end lifestyle and quality without breaking the bank. Now, barbecue people, we're kind of jag- uh, gadget junkies, of course. Citizens might be the perfect watch for you. It's got EcoDrive technology. Powering your watch perfectly and accurately as it converts light into energy. No need for barbecue timers. Some citizens' watches have multiple timers along with alarms. Multiple time zones as well. Here's what you do. You go to stephendefranco.com. You find out what you like and then you call them. 440-943-2700. Tell them your barbecue brother or sister. He's going to give you the real price. You can't list the true barbecue brother or sister price on the website through some type of a manufacturer restriction. I'm not kidding when I say that. Everybody's thinking I'm trying to, to do the, the, the ropey dope. Call Steve. You tell me. StephenDeFranco.com, 440-943-2700. Ask for Steve. Tell me your barbecue brother or sister, and you'll thank me later. StephenDeFranco.com. We're back to learn how to cook chicken. Right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, we have the Clark Crew Barbecue team, we have Butcher Barbecue, we have Smoke Me Silly on the competition chicken dais. We're talking about all things competition chicken appreciate you guys hanging with me through another break and uh, now we get into the cooking portion robert let's start with you uh what kind of wood do you like to use for a smoke flavor for chicken actually i use uh two different kinds of chunks i use cherry and pecan uh is that a uh, a similar uh wood recipe that you would use on all the other meats or is that just specific to uh chicken uh, actually, I use different combinations on the different meats. Right. Uh, David, what kind of uh, pellets are you using for chicken? I use Barbecue Delight Cherry. Cherry? Yes. You're going for color with that or uh, flavor or both? The heat that I'm cooking at, it's all color. And uh, Travis, uh, what wood do you like to use for smoke flavor for chicken? Uh, I use pecan. Uh, have you used other woods in the past and have grown to pecan? Or uh, I mean, that seems to be a pretty popular competition wood. Not really. Uh, you know, I kind of learned barbecue from a guy, and that's what he used, and that's what I got into using, and I've never switched. All right, Travis, what temperature do you like to keep the pit at when you're doing chicken? I cook everything at 275. Everything at 275. All right. Uh, Dave, uh, temperature of the pit? Well, if I'm cooking the FE, 260. If I'm cooking in the PG, it's 350. Right. Uh, just because they cook differently than each other? Two different pits, two different ways? Uh, what's the, the mindset there? No, I use both of them for chicken, every contest. I used to cook them. Um, I had a Yoder before, and I'd do the chicken in that at 430 degrees, and they'd take about 22 minutes. Um but I switched, and I'm actually starting them in the FE 
and then I finish them in the grill. Got it. Uh, Robert, uh, what temperature do you like to keep the pit at for chicken? Yeah, I always cook at 270. 70. All right, uh, we'll stay with you, Robert, for this next question. Um, during the cooking process, are you basting or mopping or spraying or anything like that? No. Uh, before I put them on the cooker, uh, I usually put a, a tab of butter on the top of each piece of chicken, and that'll go on the cooker, and it'll stay on there for about an hour. And then after that hour, that's when I cover it with foil. Dave, are you mopping or basting or spraying or anything like that during the cooking process? No, I, I do cook in a pan, and the pan has a lot of stuff in it, but I don't open it up and spray it or do anything like that. Uh, and Travis, uh, spraying, mopping, basting, anything like that? No. No, we just set some butter. All right, so in regards to the pants, uh, let me quickly go down the line. Travis, are, are you? is it just foil pan, or have you ever messed around with that uh, muffin pan thing uh, that uh, everybody no, was freaking just, out over when just, Myron Mixon did it one time? No, just a foil half pan is what I use. All right, and it's just butter in there? Yep. All right, uh, Dave, have you ever used the muffin pan deal? Did you, get, did you buy into that at all ever? No, never did use a muffin pan. Right. I, I use a red cake pan. A red cake pan? Yeah, red red just cooks better. All right. I was going to ask what the benefit was. That's a good benefit. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, What's in the pan? Is it uh, you using butter, using a mixture of stuff? What do you like to, to have in there? Yeah, I put a layer of brown sugar in the bottom of the pan. I'll take a stick and a half of butter, real butter, cut it in slices and lay it in there. And then I'll put a two-thirds cup of my barbecue sauce in it. Uh, Robert, uh, have you ever messed around with a uh, muffin pan chicken? No, just a plain old tinfoil half pan. All right. And uh, do you have any type of a uh, uh, poaching solution in there? No, it's just plain unsalted butter. Unsalted butter? Yep. You ever use salted butter? Uh, I think I had to one time, but uh, I didn't see... They come out a little saltier, but uh, just a habit. I always use unsalted butter. Um, Travis, let's go back to you for this question. Uh, are you setting uh, any type of a, a sauce or a glaze on the chicken You know, prior to, prior to taking it off? Uh, and then we can talk about building a box and stuff after that. Um, yeah, after, after I'm done, you know, I, after I'm done with it, I pull it off and I set my sauce for about 15 minutes. And uh, is your sauce uh, something that you make uh, yourself, or are you using uh, a commercial available product? Uh, I got three three different commercial available sauces I mix together. Oh wow! Uh, Dave, uh, setting any uh, sauce or glaze on the chicken prior to taking it off the cooker? Yes, once it's on the grill, we'll leave it on the grill a little bit um, between ten and twelve minutes. Then we do. Dip it in sauce, brush off any excess, and then put it back out on the grill to set it. Are you using uh, uh, some type of a, a rendition of the butcher's uh, barbecue sauce for that? Yes. Yeah. Is it straight sauce, or are you no, uh, messing no, I around? Cut it, I cut it with butter. Oh, butter, cheese. A lot of butter over there. Uh, and uh, Robert, uh, setting any type of a glaze uh, or uh, saucing chicken prior to taking it off the cook? 
Yeah. Actually, after it's been foiled, we take the foil off and I'll, I'll take some scissors and sort of clean the, the pieces up a little bit. If there's any of the knuckles sticking out that I can cut off, then uh, we'll dip it in sauce and then put it on the grate. And then I'll maybe put a little bit more rub on top, finishing rub, and then it's good to go. All right. Uh, as far as the, the cooking process, uh, anything else that we have uh, not talked about that you do uh, each and every time at an event, Travis? Uh, one one thing that I I always do that is, uh, you know, my, my chicken's cooked one hour uncovered, one hour covered. I rotate my chicken every 30 minutes. You know, I you know, spend 180 degrees every 30 minutes just to try and make it cook even as my heat flow is in there. Are you spinning the pan or are you actually rotating the, each yes, individual just chicken? The pan. Okay. Just, I swap one pan with another and spin them both 180 degrees. Uh, David, anything else in the cooking process that you do that we haven't addressed specifically? Yeah, in the FE, when the chicken goes in there in the pan, um, it sets for an hour in the pan. Then I flip the chicken upside down in the pan. Then it sets for 30 minutes like that. Then I take and put it on a grate, and I carry the grate out to the uh, grill, and then we finish setting it on the grill. And, uh, Robert, anything that uh, we haven't talked about that you do to the chicken? Yeah, same here. We usually just swap the pans between the upper and lower grate. And then uh, usually before I foil it, I'll go ahead and put some of that finishing rub. We we try to season it. Every time we see oh, take the chicken out or see the chicken, we try to season it. All right, uh, so there's the uh, cooking portion. Uh, now we'll go ahead and move into uh, post-cooking. Um a lot of people like to, to let things rest. Um, we've kind of hit on it a little bit, but just I'll just ask specific questions because it's outlined. Uh, Robert, are, are you looking to, to let the chicken rest for any specific amount of time uh, before you, you know, put it in the box and, and end up running it? No, we don't. Actually, we take it off probably about two minutes before the turn-in window starts. I pick my six out real quick, and uh, again, we season it one more time with some finishing rub, and it goes right in the box. Dave, allowing for uh, or wanting to have the chicken rest at all uh, prior to, to get going? The only time that chicken needs to be resting is when that lid's closed and it's being carried. Other than that, it needs to go to work. All right. <laughs> uh, Travis, um, allotting for any type of a, of a rest period uh, prior to get going? No, my chicken should should be in about five minutes before the window opens. You know, it's about 11.50. I like that chicken done and in the box as quick as I can. Uh, gentlemen, I'm remiss in uh, asking this question. It's because I'm a horrific interviewer. I apologize. Uh, struggle through the interview with me. Travis, uh, finishing temperature internally for chicken, what are you shooting for? You know, I got no idea. I don't temp my chicken, but if... Uh, Ever? It's got to... Never. It's got to be 190, 200. It's, it's, it's hot. <laughs> uh, Dave, uh, do you shoot for an internal temperature uh, to finish or... Yes, yes. It's going to be about 180, 185. And, uh, Robert, do you have a specific internal finish temperature you're looking for? Actually, I I don't temp mine either. As long as that that cooker's staying at 270, I know it's good to go. Apologize for missing that question a little bit earlier. Um, 
Robert, let me stick with you for this one. As far as uh, the thighs that will make the cut after the cook, uh, what are you looking for in uh, the thighs that will get picked to go into the box? I try to look for the biggest six that I can find. Of course, they gotta they got to look good. Uh, they all got to be nice and square, and the skin's got to be perfect on them. Uh, but, yeah, the biggest ones, because they're usually the ones that are the most moist anyway. Uh Dave, um, what are you looking for for the ones that will go into the box? I look at the front three. I want the part that's going to be facing the tabs. I want them to be uniform because that's generally the part that the judges are going to be looking at. Um, I try to find the ones where if they have knuckles, they're going to be to the middle of the box. Uh, I look for the color. I want them to all be the same color. I do look for size, but I kind of go more of that with weight. Just by hand feeling them, you can tell a heavy one versus a light one. So I want a heavy one for the very uh, same reason, the moisture content. And uh, Travis, um, how are you picking out your uh, winning six to go in the box? Uh, we usually usually we have try to have the same size of chicken, but if we have smaller ones and big ones, my wife usually will take a bite of them and we decide whether the smalls or the bigs are, are on, which ones are usually on. And generally, that's always the big ones is the ones that she wants. All right, so uh, this was going to be my follow-up question, and you dovetailed into that nicely, Travis. So let me just uh, follow up with you real quick. Uh, you guys are believers as a team to taste the chicken, and then you would uh, perhaps uh, adjust sauce or, or rub or something like that prior to, to finishing it up? I, I do. If uh, I try to kind of watch, I guess, at a contest. If I think I got young judges, a lot of younger people or a lot of guys, I'll, I'll add quite a bit of heat to my chicken. And if I see, you know, older older ladies and stuff going in, I, I really back off on it. Uh, Dave, uh, do you actively taste um, just to kind of see where the profile's at and, and then make adjustments? Or, I mean, I know there's a lot of teams that cook chicken the one way. They don't taste it. They do nothing. They just do what they do, turn it in, and there you go. What do you do? I will sadly say I can probably go – half the contest season, not even eat the chicken. Um, here in the last month, I've been tasting it, but it's after it's already turned in. Um, but generally, no, I don't even eat it. Uh, Robert, uh, do you taste it at all or no? Same here. I We don't try it. Uh, usually after my wife takes the box, uh, I may try, try a piece to make sure it's bite through, but that's about it. So uh, let me ask uh, Robert and, and, and Dave this question. Robert, you first. Uh, how are you – is it something that you're practicing and tasting at home and you're happy with the profile so you're not bothered doing it at the competition? I mean, it just seems like there was a, a glaring error or, or, or an omission you would be able to catch it, and if you're not, you're not. Yeah, usually we we practice quite a bit in the off season, so uh, we know the combination works of rubs and, and the sauce. So – uh, we try to just try to stay constant and do the same thing every contest. Uh, Dave, a similar mindset to you, uh, just something that the process you've done over and over again, and uh, there's no need to taste at this point. Very true. It's the combination of the products. Uh, it's not much different than what I've been cooking for five or six years. There's just some small tweaks this year, some last year one more tweak from the year before, and, and the combination of all of it is a good chicken. Then I think to make it a great chicken, you got to just have it moist, it's got to be flavored, and it's got to look pretty. Um, it, 
the flavor is going to already be there. Uh, I'm, I'm not one to be putting stuff on the chicken at the very end. It's either going to be there or not. Uh, Travis, is there uh, anything else? Or let me ask this question. I'm sorry. Uh, for garnish in the boxes, are you a parsley guy or are you something else? Yeah, we're, we're parsley. Parsley. Uh, Dave, uh, parsley or something else? I use green leaf lettuce, and this year I started putting border for parsley. And uh, Robert, what are you using for garnish in the box? Yeah, my wife Lex makes an awesome parsley box. <laughs> Uh, okay, anything else uh, that you guys are doing, uh, any, like, uh, last-second sprays or, you know, uh, makeup or whatever uh, prior to closing that box and running it over the judge's, uh, judge's tent? We'll start with Travis on that. No, once once we put it in the box, that lid closed, that's it. Just try to get it in on time. Uh, Dave, anything else you're doing prior to running it? No. Uh-uh. And, uh, Robert, you you done at this point, or you do any last-second thing? Well, we usually just spray some hot water on uh, to give it that shine and take a picture, and then it's gone. All right, uh, so let me ask you this question. Um, we'll start with Dave Bosco from Butcher Barbecue. Um, even to this day, I mean, this seemed to be all the rage topic, you know, two, three, four years ago. Uh, everybody was talking about it. Everyone says bite-through skin is the key to doing well at a competition. So, Dave, do you have a... A particular thing that you try to do to make sure that you're achieving bite through skin each and every time. Um, what's the what's the secret in your estimation to bite through skin? People, in my opinion, think of bite through skin as being crispy skin. It's drying out. It's all that. That way you can bite through it. I'm I've got a different perspective. I think sometimes if it's soft, it's still going to bite through. So. That's the reason we use the bath method. The, the sauces, throw a lot of using the, the butter, and that I still want to add flavor to my liquid, so that's the reason I put sauce in it. Um, but the liquid is what's basically cooking it down, rendering the fat out. That's where you get your bite through skins. you got to get that fat out of that skin. And so by the boiling it is what allows that to happen. Then we set it on the grill to firm it up just a little bit. Um, and that, that's always worked for us. Uh, Travis, do you have a, a particular nugget of wisdom in achieving a bite through skin each and every time? No, I've, I've never had a problem with it. Um, the way we cook it, you know, an hour covered, an hour uncovered, it just seems to, we, we've never had a problem achieving that ever. Robert, uh, do you have any uh, key nuggets of wisdom on how to achieve the bite through skin? You know, same as Travis, uh, you just got to do that, that hour uncovered. Hour covered seems to work every time. Now, if we, for some reason, got to give her a different time of chicken that has maybe a little bit more fat, then you might have to mess with the, the times of it being covered or uncovered to get what we need. But that's about it. All right. Uh, so uh, there is your post-cook and... Uh, some insight on the bite through chicken stuff. Uh, this is the uh, best part of the whole evening. This is where I turn it over to you guys. I uh, give you open forum. Uh, if you're promoting, if you have anything to sell, I mean, whatever it is, uh, this is your time to shine. And uh, we will start with uh, Robert Vanderripe from Smoke Me Silly, the parting shot segment. Uh, the floor is yours, Robert. All right. Uh, I'd like to thank you for having me on tonight. 
Uh, I also want to thank my sponsors, the Atlanta Barbecue Store and Barbecuers Delight. And thanks again. Uh, Dave Bosca, the uh, floor is yours from Butcher Barbecue. One thing that I did forget to mention is the pre-cook. Yep. Under the skin, I do put my honey rub under the skin before we cook it. So other than that, that's pretty well it. Now, as far as that, uh, we have been playing with a new product, and it is going into production this week. We have a whole new pork injection, and I'll be sending you some info on that and some product to play with. But we've got a new pork injection about to hit the market. And that's uh, ButcherBBQ.com, of course. And then uh, rounding out the Parting Shot segment, uh, Travis Clark from the Clark Crew Barbecue Team. Uh, Thank you for having us on. Uh, Cosmos Q for sponsoring us. Simply Marvelous for sponsoring us. Eat Barbecue for sponsoring us. And uh, Big Papa Smokers. All right. uh, Once again, Travis Clark from Clark Crew Barbecue Team. Robert Vanderripe from Smoke Me Silly and Dave Bosca Butcher Barbecue, the competition chicken roundtable guys. Continued success and thanks so much for coming on tonight. Really appreciate it. There they are. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Greg. Look at these guys. And here I thought this show uh, uh, tonight was going to be lost in the first 20 minutes of the show. My internet dumped. Like a like a hot chick to an ugly boyfriend. Beat it. Folks, if you didn't know, Big Papa Smokers is the one-stop shop for anyone interested in barbecue, featuring a comprehensive selection of all American-made grills, spices, sauces, accessories, even a kit that gives you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. Big Papa Smokers has made a name for itself by making an award-winning line of championship rubs, the rubs have won almost every major competition barbecue event, including the 2012 and 13 World Series of Barbecue in Kansas City, the 2012 Jack Daniels Invitation, the 2013 Kingsford Challenge, the 2014 Houston Livestock and Rodeo. There's many more to come, by the way, in the future. BPS also banded together with fellow California-based rub company Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what's now become known as the West Coast Offense. Defying conventional wisdom, these two California-based rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue and begun to redefine the flavor profile that competitive cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. They've even created two of their own unique competitions, King of the Smoker, which brings best of the best in barbecue head-to-head in a back-to-basics competition. King of the Smoker is unique in the fact that contestants may not use electric devices such as pellet cookers or pit minders. Contestants are just allowed to use charcoal wood and their wits to win one of the most high-stakes barbecue competitions around. And then the other one that Big Papa's Smokers has started, known as the Guinea Pig, which is a cost-controlled competition that helps to bring in newcomers to the competitive barbecue world. It also features prize distribution all the way down to 10th place in each category, which helps provide incentive to get new competitors into the world of competition barbecue. On top of all of that, Big Papa has created a unique brand ambassador program, the BPS Elite Team, featuring 15 of the best competition teams in the country working together to promote camaraderie, competition barbecue, and most importantly, to benefit children's charities across the United States. Keep in mind, BPS has been able to do all of this only within the four years of being in business, turning the competition barbecue world on its head creating their own unique competitions, becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain, and benefiting children's charities across the U.S. 
It's just the beginning for Big Papa Smoker. BigPapaSmokers.com is the web address. We are back to wrap this show, however technically challenged, right after this. Stick around. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. Wow, we made it through the show. I can't believe it. We did it. We did it, gang. Thanks again to uh, Dave Bosca from Butcher Barbecue, Robert Vanderripe from Smoke Me Silly, and Travis Clark from the Clark Crew Barbecue team for uh, doing it live. Chicken, look, here's the bottom line. I'm asking these guys to come on to the show and spill their guts. In fact, you know, I go out of my way. Do you know how many people I actually asked to be on the show tonight? Got the hammer from a lot of folks. Because I make it a point to say, hey, love to have you on the show. Great exposure. Most downloaded shows I do all the course of the year. The trade-off it is you got to spill your guts. Nobody wants to tune in to a show like this where I promote and the reputa- it's the, re- the, sh- the these shows have built their own reputation across time. Um, I'm just a moderator. I'm just asking questions. The guests have provided all the information over the course of the years, and they have been very open and willing to share, which is key. The folks that don't want to do it, I said, if you don't want to spill your guts, I got other people that'll do so inevitably too like chicken like if you're tops and chicken a lot of people don't want to sniff the show it's all right i get it man it's competition as i've always said if i was on top of the competition barbecue world and you wanted to pick my brain pound salt i want to keep the winning part of the winning all right uh, all the way back in the first hour uh, humble apologies to Sterling Ball, we'll uh, reset him for next week and finish our conversation. Lots to get to that we actually have. Uh, Reggie Kelly will be on next week, former NFLer, talking about his uh, line of barbecue and uh, food products. And then the second hour, we had the uh, barbecue chicken competition round, the competition barbecue chicken roundtable. A lot of words there. Dave Bosca from Butcher Barbecue, Robert Vanderripe from Smoke Me Silly, and Travis Clark from the Clark Crew Barbecue team taking part in that. If you missed it you're just tuning in sorry you missed it you can get it on the podcast it will be up before midnight tonight relax uh, if you work with raw cast iron reseason it each and every time a little pam a little crisco as it starts to uh, fall back on the heat get the grill brush on it first and let it burn back in each and every time generations of rust research also september 11 2001 i will never forget again maybe sterling ball next week Definitely uh, former NFL great Reggie Kelly will be in. Love to see you back here. So until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American Greg Rempe. Good night now.